0: Love Talk Radio
1: Grab your red song book and let's stand together
0: <laughs>
1: This will be an easy one to find Let's turn to number one Number one in the hymn book All hail the power of Jesus name Let's sing it out good and strong this morning. You ready? All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him.
0: chosen seed
1: of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saved you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saved you by his grace and crown on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty a strife and crown him lord of all hail him chief throng we at his feet may fall. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the everlasting song and crown good to be in church this morning, praise God. Glad to see every one of you here got a good crowd, amen. And uh, we're glad to have every one of you here and hope the Lord blesses you today. Uh, just want just to wanna read something to you before we go any further. Uh, this is from, from myself and Miss Stephanie to our church. It's hard to put into words just what a blessing you've all been to my family. Your kindness, love, and giving hearts touch me deeply. Thank you for all you provided and gave to our new baby that's coming. I'm so thankful she will be raised in a loving church that will help guide her in the Lord. Many blessings to you all, Brandon and Stephanie. We sure do appreciate you all. and We're so thankful for all that you all have done for us. Um, prayer requests this morning? I keep for my
0: uncle. <clears throat> he spoke to, my cousin said yesterday that depending on how last night went, he might get out of the
1: office today. Well, amen. Praise the Lord for that. Update on Rick. Yeah. And his kids are shutting down. Oh, mercy. Uh, they called him the family
0: and come see him and stuff like that. And I don't know if this is much of it, but uh, his, his wife said he's been watching the religious
1: channels on uh, TV, so maybe he's looking. Maybe get
0: it to spiritual things. Amen talking
1: about and I think he broke and has a about this back, mm-hmm. back then, so that was the largest unit you may never know about it but it a right Katrina do you want to share about Reba with everybody what's going on with her because I know a lot of people they've seen her come with y'all but they don't they don't know I mentioned it Wednesday but everybody wasn't here At, uh, uh, Monday we
0: were going to go get a haircut for the first time and uh, when we went to get her ready and she she had had a stroke she she couldn't get words out she couldn't walk got her to the er and monday night in the hospital she had a second stroke and it was just the difference between stroke one and stroke two was blew my mind and more than we want prayers for her to get well we want prayers to make sure she's spiritually ready amen doctor's talking
1: about DNR, and I just just pray for her. Yes, absolutely. Lift her up in your prayers. She's been here. I know she's heard the gospel, but hearing it and hearing it and hearing it and believing it, it's two different things. Just pray that, that God gives her a moment of clarity where she can where she can make that decision and trust Christ as her oh, savior. Amen. Reba. She's yes. I'm all the way.
0: She's not happy that she's there. And, I we not know about, I didn't know about my stepdad being saved or not. We found a Bible of his and it showed him well, he got saved in nineteen forty six. Well praise
1: God. Praise God. Um let's lift up Taryn in prayer. She's her blood sugar bottomed down on her a while ago. Pray that pray that she gets feeling better soon. Uh want you pray for my wife. She's having a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of a lot of uncomfortableness. <laughs> and uh but I'll tell you, I want to pray for our nation. I'm, I'm so grieved and burdened over what's going on in our nation. Uh, you know, I firmly believe that Satan is doing everything he can to destroy it. And, and, and I don't believe that everything we're seeing is actually the way it is. We're getting a story, but we're not getting the truth. And, uh, you know, right down to who that cop was that stood on that guy's neck. I don't know if that was a cop. I believe as I, I, I'm I'm not trying to give you no crazy wild ideas up here, but I, I firmly believe all of that was to try to make things worse in America because coronavirus didn't do a bad enough job. That's my theory. But anyway, you pray for our nation, regardless of how you see it and how you feel about it. Pray for our nation. And don't think that God can't use
0: anything He chooses to bring His will. That's because right. We have a wayward son, and he called us like Satan. And he lives in Dallas, and he's scared. And, you know, it's wrong it to give Satan, and if we
1: right and make him reconsider the way he's walking, praise God for that. Amen. 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 <laughs> right. I mean, whether, whether or not, here's the thing whether or not it, it comes by Satan's hand, God allowed it. Uh, and nothing happened. God doesn't go, oh, I wish that hadn't happened. God knows everything. And he allows it. And there's a reason. There's judgment that must come on this nation for its sins. We've been murdering babies now since, since the 70s. I mean, just, just regularly, every day, like, it, like we're just producing a food product or something. Just, it's just a murder meal. And God's got to judge that. God can't let that go. You know, we, we've turned our back on God in so many ways. This nation is so gravely sinful. Just, I believe God's given us last, a last altar call That's my heart That's where I am in my heart I really believe that That God's given this nation one last altar call It's time to come to Jesus Amen I, thought, I just give an invitation now But I, I think we need a sermon But I just, want you, I just want you to be in prayer for your country Be in prayer for those around you People, people around us are, People around us got needs People around us are, are starting to see Hey, I, I may need God and they need somebody to be able to tell them where to turn. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to take up the offering this morning. Any other prayer requests before we go to the Lord in prayer? Yes, Mom, I'm Sorry.
0: I'm pray God for- Absol-
1: <laughs> yes. I. You know, I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about that at some point, <laughs> but I, I, I guess might as well right now. Let me just tell this. I. We'll slow down a minute. But. Uh, oh, y'all go ahead and slow down. You do to. I'd be all right. <laughs> that was waiting on that, wasn't you? <laughs> Let me give you some good news. Robert you can keep standing. But anyway <laughs> Wednesday night Wednesday night, uh Jackson's friend Weston Gooding came to church with us. He'd spent the night and and uh he's a good kid. Good kid. Comes from a decent family and and uh, anyway he came over here and we we left out of here Wednesday night and we were heading toward uh Dairy Queen and no sooner backed out of the church parking lot he said, I got a question. I said, Okay, he said, uh, What's heaven going to be like? I said, Well, let me tell you what the Bible says about it. You know, gates of pearl, uh, walls made out of precious stones. I mean, I'm talking streets of gold, crystal flowing river, tree of life. I'm going through all, telling him all. I, I, you know, all that comes to mind quickly. And, uh, and we finished up that conversation by the time we pulled up to get our order of food there at the drive thru. And as soon as we got through ordering our food, there's about four or five cars in front of us. Weston said, well, I got one more question. I said, okay, shoot. What you got? He said, how do I get saved? Well, well, you're in the right place, man. You're in the right vehicle. I got so excited. Mama got so excited. She's thumbing through my New Testament trying to find verses. Jackson's trying to help in the backseat. I mean, everybody's so excited, man. We didn't know what to do with ourselves. So we gave him the gospel just as plain and simple as we could, pulled up there, and just, just as I got ready to, 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 uh, to let him pray and trust Christ as his Savior, car in front of me moved, and we pulled up to the window. So I, I told somebody, I said, I felt so bad, I left the boy dangling over the flames of hell while I made sure all my French fries was in the bag and <laughs> got, cha- got my receipt. And by the time we pulled out and turned around there and parked, he was ready. He came on his own. He prayed He prayed his own prayer, and he trusted Jesus as his Savior. And and as soon as he said amen, he looked at me and he said, Wow, what a weight has been lifted off of me. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. I'm excited. God's good. I prayed all the way home from that conference I went to on Wednesday morning. I, 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 I prayed. I shouted. I bawled and squalled. I mean, I... I, I I was excited. I've been excited ever since I left there. And and I and I just told God. I said, I've got to have your power and God started putting his finger on things. Well, you need to get rid of this and this and you gotta to need to change this about yourself. God started showing me you're selfish, you take too much time for yourself. He was just showing me all kinds of things. I went home, apologized to my wife, went home, apologized to my kids. I mean I I I realize I'm a selfish man when it comes right down to it. I I, I don't give enough of myself to other people. God was showing me things. And uh come to church. I'm gonna tell you something. I I I'm I'm excited. I'm excited because I, I know God is a is a prayer answerer. And uh I'm just I'm just looking forward to what he's fixing to do. I really am. I'm excited and I hope you'll get excited with me Because we got something to be excited about. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll have our offering ready. Robert lead us in prayer.
0: Amen, amen, amen.
1: Let's turn to number 10 in the book. Number 10, Jesus Saves, Jesus Saves.
0: We have heard the joyful sound.
1: Jesus Saves, Jesus Saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus Saves, Jesus Saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steep and cross the waves, onward is our Lord's command, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Wapped it on the rolling tide, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Tell to sinners far and wide, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing ye islands of the sea Echo back ye ocean caves Earth shall keep her jubilee Jesus saves, Jesus saves Sing above the battle strife Jesus saves, Jesus saves By his death and endless life Jesus saves Jesus saves,
0: sing it
1: softly through the gloom. When the heart for mercy craves, sing in triumph for the tomb. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, shout salvation, full and free, highest hills and deepest caves. This our song, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, 180, 180, bring them in, bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Hark is the shepherd's voice I hear Out in the desert dark and drear Calling the sheep who've gone astray Far from the shepherds, fold away. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring, them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Who'll go and help this shepherd God. Help him the wandering ones to find Who'll bring the lost ones to the fold Where they'll be sheltered from the cold Bring them in, bring them in Bring them in from the fields of sin Bring them in, bring them in Bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Out in the desert, hear their cry. Out on the mountains, wild and high, hark, tis the master speaks to thee. Go find my sheep where'er they be. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in. Bring the wandering ones to Jesus. All right, let's turn over quickly to number 307. 307. You know the good news about it today? We're having a fellowship meal after service, so it's not like we got to rush to get to the restaurant. Amen. Now, I've got to worry about it getting cold. It's all taken care of. Miss Bonnie's back there sacrificing herself to keep it warm, so we'll just just take care and make sure we get the message today. 307, let's sing Revive Us Again. Hallelujah. You ready? (laughs) We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died, We praise thee, O God, for thy spirit of
0: light,
1: who has shown us our Savior and scattered our
0: night.
1: Hallelujah, and the glory, hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, and the glory, revive us again. Glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who has borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, by the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, by the glory. Revive us again. Amen. I was at that conference this, earlier this week or last week. And I heard a preacher talking about, he said, there's two words that I can teach you and you can speak in any language on earth. He said, one of them is hallelujah and the other is amen. He said, but you got to pronounce them different, it depends on where you're at. Some places it's hallelujah, some places it's hallelujah, amen. It just depends on where you're standing, Amen. He'll pray for me. I never played this one here. This is this song God gave me uh, one night out on the back porch. I was just craving His presence. You know, I, like I was saying on the way back home Wednesday, I just I felt like I was on the mountaintop with God. I just my whole my whole being was buzzing with just I just felt God's presence. And uh, I just tell him, I said, Lord, I know I can't stay up here, but it sure has been a long valley to get here. Sure would like to stay a little while before we have to go back down again. And it's that desire that where the song came from. It's, it's, it's a, it comes from the, first of all, from a lost man coming to Jesus and seeing how good that salvation is and never wanting to walk away from his side. you remember how it was when you first got saved? Everything was just honeymoon period. I mean, you you you're just going to set the world on fire for Jesus, sir, for a little while till the devil finally kicked your legs out from under you and you got your nose bloodied. And you said, "No, wait, this is going to be a little bit more difficult than I thought. But you know what? In the beginning when you set out, you don't know any different. You don't know there's going to be any battle. You just, everything just, I mean, and you, wanna, you don't ever want to move from his side. Amen that's, that's that's the way it is When you first start out To serve him And then you know what After a while When you, when you realize How far you've gotten Away from him And you finally get Back to next to him You don't want to leave And that's what this song Is all about It's called Right here Set me From this pain that's in my chest It won't go It won't ever let me rest I know I'm a sinner I've been carrying it so far And I can't go one step further Precious Jesus Take my heart Cause I do believe You died for me When the blood ran down It was for my sin The pain you felt Is what I deserved Feel each day. Take my heart. I want to stay right here. Heal my wounds. Some are jagged, some are deep. Watch over me Protect me while I sleep I'm counting on you, Lord And I know you've got my back So I'll keep on working
0: Till the end
1: of this old track
0: Cause I
1: On the cross of Calvary you died for my sins I've never ever had such a friend Hold my heart, I want to stay Hold my
0: hand,
1: I want to stay Hold my life I want to stay Right here Oh, if we we could just stay. Amen. If we weren't prone to wander, as the song says. Amen. I, I just want to stay right next to him. Because I realize that's where my blessings come from. Amen. Take your Bible. Turn to John chapter fifteen this morning. You listen quickly, and I'll try to speak quickly, and and hopefully we'll get through this. I only got eight verses to look at, but there's a lot to it. And I and I want to do this. I want to do the scripture justice this morning. I want you to uh, be able to gain something from it. So I I plead with you for your attention. I believe if you'll listen to me, you'll gain some wisdom as far as how to, how to better serve God, how to better live the Christian life, how to better understand what it is, where your place is in the family of God. I want to give you some very valuable information this morning. And I, and I believe with all my heart, if you, if you can take what I'm giving you today and you can put it into practice with God's help and God's power, you can have victory. You can quit living in, in, in in a funk. You can quit uh, feeling down and depressed and hopeless and maybe don't know what to do or where to go or how to do it. I'm going to tell you, this, this right here will help you. John chapter 15, this morning we're going to read verses 1 through 8. If you found it, say amen. All right, let's read. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I am him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, You shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before your throne this morning. Lord, we plead with you for your presence. Lord, we know like the song says, all is vain, unless the spirit of the Holy One come down. Father God, we plead with you for the presence of your Holy Ghost this morning. Lord, I pray... As I preach the Word of God, Lord, I pray the Holy Ghost would stir among us this morning. Lord, stir among those who listen in on the Internet this morning. Father, I pray, Lord, You work in lives. You draw us, Lord, to a, to the realization that, Father, we've not been all we have to be for Thee. Lord, we, we're not even come close to scratching the surface of what Your your plan for Your children is. Lord, help us to come with an open, open heart and open eyes, Lord, to see whatever it is You want us to do. Lord, be willing. To, to step by faith and say, Lord, I'm gonna I'm gonna step forward to meet you, and I ask you to show up in my life. Lord God, I just plead with you, Lord. In this hour, as the as the time ticks off, and as we come closer and closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we see Satan begin to uh, unfold his plan for this world, Lord, I pray today that you would give us, Lord, a uh, renewed vision for for your for your. Uh, Lord, your ministry, Lord, that you'd give us a renewed heart and a willingness to lay ourselves down and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm a vessel for your honor. Fill me and pour me out. Lord, I just pray that you teach us today to learn to abide. Help us now. Our Lord, I, I need you. I need you. Please forgive my sin. Please fill every fiber of my being with your, with your Holy Ghost power. Lord, please speak through these lips what you'd have me to say. I give myself to you wholly. And Lord, I pray you deal with each and every heart and we'll give you praise and glory for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you this morning, there's a lot of people that has religion. There's lots of people that has religion. There's lots of people calls call themselves Christians. But amongst that group, there's a small percentage that has a relationship, a true relationship with Christ. You know, a relationship's not one-sided. Did y'all realize that? It's kind of hard. You know, being in a marriage that's one-sided—that's horrible. When you're the only one doing the loving and the giving and the trying and the caring and the other person just absolutely seems to have no interest in it whatsoever, it's a very difficult relationship. But I feel in my heart as though that's the relationship that Christ is in with a lot of people. They claim to love him, but yet they don't obey him. They don't do the things that he's commanded and asked them to do. And if you want to do those things and if you want to be in a good relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ we need to listen to what he has to say and to realize that this is this is the last night of his earthly life before he goes to the cross of Calvary and is crucified and his disciples as we talk about many times their hearts are troubled they, they, they they're upset they, they they don't understand everything that's going to take place and how it's going to take place and and quite frankly they they're just confused a lot a lot of the way all the way to to the Garden of Gethsemane. They're, they're trying to grasp all this that Jesus has given them, and some of them it took a little while. Some of them, they began to get it right off the bat. But, folks, we need to be able to look at this with hindsight of all that Christ has said to us and put these pieces together. We've got so much more advantage than these men had. God has told us not let our hearts be troubled in this hour we live in. And there's definitely, we're living in troubled times. The Bible talks about perilous times coming, and we're definitely in those perilous times. It hasn't got as bad as it's going to get, but it's getting there. But I want you, I don't want to focus on all the negative that's going on in the world today. I want to focus in on our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. First thing I want to look at here is where Jesus made this statement. He said, I am the true vine. Now understand that as he's speaking these words, he just said in, he just said in chapter, chapter 14, verse 31, before he made the statement, I'm the true vine, he said the last statement he made in the chapter, he said, arise, let us go hence. So we know that they got up at that point from the upper room and they went down the stairs, the steps, and they went out into the city of Jerusalem and they began to make their way to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus would pray. Now, along the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, they passed many things, but I believe one of the things they passed was the temple. When Jesus made this statement, and I can't verify this, but I'm only going to tell you what I, what I, what I perceive from what I read and, and from and many others I've read after the temple. Herod, Herod did some things to beautify the temple. One of the things that he did was right under the top, all the way around, he put a golden band and then that golden band was was uh in it was engraved with with a grape vine that went around in clusters of grapes matter of fact, in one place in the temple I'm told that there was a a golden vine and and the and the golden grapes and the, and the clusters of grapes were as big as a man and and so as I believe as they're passing these things jesus m- Motioning his hand toward that makes his statement I'm the true vine. Amen? You, know, you can't find peace in religion. Amen? That, that, that was a dead religion. Listen, he was, about, he was about to end it all the very next day. When the veil of the temple, when Christ died and the veil of the temple tore from the top to the bottom, thus opening the holy of the holies to the whole wide world, God was saying, that's finished. It's completed. Christ is fulfilled and it. it's done done Jesus said I'm the true vine and he said my father is the husbandman. he's the gardener my father's the one who planted me here father's the one who placed me here he's the one in charge of all this and he said we're the branches. Amen? We are the branches. Verse 2, he said, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. I remember reading that when I when I was just a, a young student of the Bible and how it kind of Caused me to worry, and it caused me some nervousness. It kind of caused me to be a little scared because, listen, I'd read all about eternal life, eternal life, eternal life, and then I ran up on this verse and it said, "Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away." And I said, "Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, I see what it doesn't mean. You know, we we we've studying, we've been studying on Sunday nights on how to how to win souls to Jesus, and we've talked through John ten twenty eight. You know, I mean, verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give unto them eternal life. And he said, And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And it goes on to say, My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So Jesus made it very plain to us that if we are a child of God, if we've been washed in his blood to save by grace, that we're in his hand and he has us and nothing, no one is able to pluck us out. So when he says that he taketh it away, he does not mean he casts that soul into hell. You notice the two words there. It said every branch in me. If I am in Christ, I am a new creature. Old things pass away, behold, a whole lot things become new. If I'm in him, I can't come out of him. Amen? Come on now. Amen? All right. I need to hear from the church now. Don't be scared say amen That's like saying sick them to a bulldog That's what that is Listen, if you like preaching If you want some, you want it to get better Say amen Amen, make me foam at the mouth I'll be up here growling in a minute Amen It won't hurt you a bit I promise, I won't bite But I don't want you to get confused Listen, if we're in if, if we are in His hand, and I am in His hand, let me tell you this morning, I am in the hand of God. If you're saved, you're in the hand. I many of y'all are in the hand of God? Hold your hand up. Let me see you. All right, listen, you're in the hand of God. If you are in His hand, listen to me, it should be a normal occurrence to be in touch with Christ. We ought to be in touch with our Savior daily. Y'all agree with that statement? We ought not let a day pass where we're not in touch with our Lord. Amen. We ought to live in the light of His Word. We ought to walk with Him daily. We ought to enjoy His joy. Amen. Christ wants us to have the joy of the Lord. If we walk around grumbling and mad all the time, guess what you're not? You're not walking in the joy of the Lord, and you can't convince me you are. And you can lie to yourself, but you can't convince nobody else because they see the frown on your face. They see the, the furrowed brow and the bad attitude you've got. That is not a good testimony for a Christian to have, amen? We're supposed to have the joy. You say, well, life is tough. I understand that. My life's been tough, too but I can still have the joy of the Lord. Why? Because my biggest problem has been solved. Amen. I'm saved. I am so saved. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm so saved. Hallelujah. Can't nothing change that. Saved. Amen. I was one time I was out soul winning with a guy named Terry Hunter down in Gilmer, Texas, and we was, we was, we was talking knocking doors and talking. I may have told this before, but that's all right. I uh, listen. I was talking to these, talking to this lady, and she said, "Well, I'm not." I said, "Do you know for sure if you die today you'd go to heaven? Do you know? Are you been have you been saved?" She said, "I'm not saved. I'm safe." She said, "You know, it's kind of like kind of like you know, uh, you know, you make it to first base and you make it to second. well, one of these days maybe I'll make it home." I said, "Well, listen, we ain't playing baseball, lady. I'm saved." Amen. Hallelujah. Now, listen. If I'm in God's hand, if I'm in the hand of the Lord Jesus Christ, I need to know Christ's will. I need to know the will of God for my life. And you know what else ought to happen? I ought to be able to get my prayers answered. Amen? I ought to be able to get my prayers answered. He's my father. I'm his child. Jackson comes to me and ask me for something. I may fuss about it a little bit because I don't want to spend the money, but, I mean, eventually we're going to take care of his quest if he needs it. Right? You're going to take care of your child's request. He needs it. She needs it. Some of you all take care of your grandchild's request faster than you would your child's request. Amen? Uh-huh. Amen. I know that's true. A lot quicker. Amen? That's neither here nor there. But listen, we ought to expect God to answer prayers. Now, we're talking about fruit here. The Bible says, Every branch that beareth not what? Fruit. Fruit. Well... A branch that bears no fruit, listen to me, a branch that bears, I mean, let me just say this, when I, I, about three years ago, our daughter Megan, I believe it was Megan, she planted a grapevine out in our, right beside our house, and uh, Jackson tried to kill it with a weed eater, JD tried to kill it with a weed eater, but this is the third year. And that thing has done went up over a trellis. And I looked the other day, and it was a little, little buds on it. And, I, and about a week later, I noticed there's a bunch of grapes on it. You know why there's grapes on those branches? Because it's grapevine. It's supposed to produce grapes. That's what it's there for. I didn't, I didn't put it up there so it'd just be a little ornate vine. It's got a purpose. It produces fruit. All right, the Bible says... Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So, so a branch that bears no fruit, a branch is the believer, right? He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. A branch that bears no fruit pictures a believer that's out of God's will. I'm not trying to get, I'm not, I don't make nobody mad at me. You get mad at me, get glad at me, amen? Because I'm just giving you God's word. Listen, I'm going to tell you, I didn't cook this, I'm just the waiter. I am not the editor. I'm only the paper boy. I'm just telling you what God said For you get mad. Don't get mad. If you are not bearing fruit, you're out of God's will. You're out of fellowship with him, too. And you ain't got any power in your life. I'm not the one trying to tell you that. I'm just telling you what he said. The power of God is not at work in that person's life if they're not bearing fruit. And that life is sickly, it's dry, and it's shriveling. Amen. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just telling you the truth. According to what the Word of God says, we are to be bearing fruit. And if we're not, something's wrong. So why, why are there no grapes on the vine? Why is there no fruit? Well, I, you know, I got to looking look up just, just looking at, at grapevines and, and what keeps a grapevine from producing. And I found four things. Number one, they're too young to produce grapes. You know, sometimes when a person gets saved, they don't understand yet how the power of God works. They don't understand how to produce as a Christian. So I can understand that. Well, they haven't been saved very long. They don't understand much. That's why they're immature in the faith. They don't understand. That, that's an exception. And we need to teach them. The Bible says, go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And the Bible says, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I've commanded you. That's what we're supposed to teach them so they won't be immature anymore. Amen? We're supposed to teach them so they can go and bear fruit. All right. The second thing was that they're not not getting enough sunlight. <laughs> well, that's an easy one right there. Guess what? They ain't been in this book. Hey, you're getting the word, man. Let's shine some light on you. You ain't spending enough time with God. What else? It needs pruning. Young believers sometimes they just got to get the they got to get their old ways out of their life. God's got to remove this and remove that so that they can be a productive Christian. Let's cut off all those old habits. Let's get all those, that old crowd out of your life so that you're able to be a productive Christian. Number three, third thing I've seen in this is pests and disease. Again, that's just sin. That's just sin that gets around us. That's sin that infiltrates us. That's the garbage that we allow in. I mean, pests and disease, that's all external. It's, it's bugs land on them things and go to chewing on them. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't put yourself around the right people, if you put yourself in front of the wrong television, the wrong kind of shows, the wrong kind of music, you're getting the wrong garbage in you. And you know what it'll do? It'll eat away at your Christian life. Listen to me now. Listen, the fourth thing is pollination. I got to look at that well, how does that fit? Well, that comes externally, too. That comes externally. <clears throat> I take that as the spirit of God stirring, working with you. You ain't got the You ain't got the spirit of God stirred up. Listen, <clears throat> we've got the means. We uh, I mean the the the, the grapevine, the, the the flowers produce the they produce the pollen, but that pollen's got to be taken to to another flower. You see. I got the gospel, but I can't get anybody saved. I can't get anybody saved. The Holy Ghost of God has got to take my words that come from my mouth, and he's got to take it and pollinate that heart and make them see. God's not working in our life. So I can take and apply every bit of that. Everything we're talking about this morning is about bearing fruit as a believer. It's not about salvation. We're not talking about salvation today. But I'm going to tell you something else we don't need to make the mistake of confusing. We we all know what the the Bible says over in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 22, but I'll, I'll turn over there and read it, so just in case. In Galatians 5 and 22, if I can find it real quick, maybe not. There we go. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. That is the fruit of the Spirit. And yes, as a child of God, we ought to have all of those things present in our life. But that is not what Christ is talking about when he says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. And he that bears much fruit. It's not, listen, the Spirit of God bears that other fruit. But he's talking about us bearing fruit. How are we to bear fruit? Well, Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. What's the fruit of an orange tree? Yeah, but, but what is that orange? If it hits the ground and it rots, what does it produce? Another orange tree. So the fruit, the fruit, the actual fruit, uh, actual fruit of an orange tree is to reproduce after its kind, and it produces another fruit-bearing tree. The fruit of an apple tree is another apple tree. The fruit of a a bodark tree is another bodark tree. The fruit of a pine tree is another pine tree. Psalm one hundred twenty-six, verse five and six. Let's see if I can find that real quick. The Bible says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Y'all know what the precious seed is, right? That's the Word of God. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. What does that precious seed have to do with it? Well, where did I get saved? I got saved. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? Word of God. That's the precious seed. Hey, listen, it was implanted in my heart. And Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, Ms. Shirley Simpson at the end of Sunday school class would water that seed and water that seed and water that seed and tell us we need to be saved, we need to be saved. And one night on my, on my knees on my bed and in my room at seven years old, my mama was there with me, and, and, and she was dealing with me and, and talking to me, and guess what? The, the ground busted open, and there the, and I come, a child of God. Listen, a new, a new tree of life. And if I reproduce, I'm going to reproduce another tree of life that is able to tell somebody else, is able to reproduce after its kind. Amen? In Revel- uh, John chapter 4, Let's see if I can find that one. John chapter 4, verse 35 and 36. Jesus talking about, talking about souls, he said, Say ye not there yet in four months, and then come with harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. For they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth, that's him that goes and gathers in the harvest. We sing songs like, sowing in the morning, sowing seeds of kind. You know, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. We're talking about this verse right here. He, he that reapeth, receiveth wages. See, God wants us to be working. God wants us to be in the business of, uh, of bringing in the harvest. That's why we got all those songs in the book about it. We're to be, we're to be harvest gatherers. We're to be, we're to be seed sowers and waters and tillers and harvest gatherers. We're to be working for the Lord to bring in the harvest, to add to the kingdom of God. We are His laborers in the harvest. He that reapeth, receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. I told you, I won that, I won that boy Weston to the Lord in the drive through a, a dairy queen, but I didn't do the sowing. And I, I mean, I barely did any watering. I got a little bit on him at night before he got saved. That's about all I did. But he was ready. Like I told him, I said, you know what? Your seed hub was cracked open, and it was peeking out. All it took was just somebody to be there, and you busted out the soil right there, in dairy queen drive through. Hallelujah. I didn't have any, all I was just there, I was just there for it. Amen. God used me, but He barely used me. But you know what? I so I said, "Well, you led him to Christ." Well, I, I mean, I was there. I'll I say God did it, but Hallelujah! I, I'll take credit if He will give me some. I mean, praise God! I want to. I, I'll take whatever reward He will give me for it. But, I, but listen, it was Him, it wasn't me. <coughs> Revelation twenty two seventeen, last page of the Bible. Revelation 22, 17. And the spirit and the bride say what? Come, who's the bride? That's us, isn't it? Let him that heareth. Did you hear? Did you hear it? Y'all heard it, didn't you? Let him that heareth say come. Are we saying come to Jesus? Are we really saying it? If we're not, it could be why we're so sickly and dry. And maybe why our lives are shriveling up. Hey, listen to me. God's not, God's not playing around about this, He's very serious. A dry, brittle branch has no use in fruit bearing. You hear me? Not a bit. Your life may become as dry as the Sahara Desert. But hear me now you can't ever lose Christ. You can't ever lose Jesus Christ. Listen to what the Bible says here in John, chapter 5, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. Like I was telling Weston, listen, it means you depend, you trust, you rely on Jesus Christ. You're saying, Lord, if I go to hell, it'll be because you let me because I'm dependent on you to take me to heaven. And he won't let you. He that believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life, and you will never pass back from life unto death. You say, Well what if I'm what if I'm all dried and shriveled up and cracking and everything else? You are still going to heaven, my friend, but you're not gonna you're not gonna be you're not gonna be near as 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 thrilled to be there as the one who was willing to serve God with their life. Now I want you to look here at verse 3 of our text. I'm turning a lot of different places here. John chapter, get back to 15. He said, now are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. I got to looking at that I thought, what is that referring to? But then I got to looking at when they prune something, when they graft something in. You got to clip that in. I've seen I've seen a lot I used to do some garden, experimental gardening. And uh I've seen how they grasp something in, they they cut that thing clean and they put it in there and wrap it all up. See, when he says, Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you, he said, You got a you got a clean cut on you. You're fresh. Abide in me. Amen. I've cut you off clean, you've got a good start, the sap's f- flowing, abide. Abide. Abide in me, and I in you. Abide in me. The Word is sharp. The Word cuts us clean. We're grafted in as a branch that's been pruned. Non-essential growth in our life removed. We're brought into a position where the power of God may flow freely through us in order to bring about what? The fruit bearing. Because you and I can't do it. Amen? We cannot do it. Verse 4, Jesus said, Abide in me. Abide in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you accept you abide in me. I've raised a lot of tomatoes. Let me tell you something. You break one of them branches off, got tomatoes on it, I don't care what you do, them tomatoes ain't going to grow anymore. Now they may turn red on you if they green because they're trying to ripen up, but they ain't going to grow no more because there's no supply of any nourishment to them. They are broken off. They're no good. Jesus said, stay. Stay put. Stay in me. Stay in me. Abide. Amen? It means to remain. It means to stay. It means to continue. It means to endure. It means to wait. It means to stand. It means to rest. Those things, that's what he wants us to do. Remain in me. Don't wander off and do it your way. Stay. Don't go. Continue. Don't quit on me. Endure. We're going to make it through that. I've got you. I've got you in my hand. You're not going anywhere. Wait on me. I'll show up in your life. Stand for me, and I'll stand with you. Rest in me. Abide in me. That's what he's saying. Let my love flow through you and out of you to other people. The power is all of his. He does the work. Look there what he says in verse 5. He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, he rests and stays and depends and relies. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Why? Because with Christ all things are possible. Jesus has a will he wants done. Jesus has a mission field for you and I. Jesus has people that only you and I will be able to get through to, and he's designed that we talk to those people. He's planned it out. Our steps are ordered by the Lord. God has got it laid out. It's just if we quit wrestling and quit fighting with him and quit trying to do it our way, if we just submit and say, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, my life's a mess. I can't figure things out. The best I try, I fail, I need you. Please, Lord, I submit myself. I yield myself. I give myself. You bought me, but I'm giving it to you because I've been taking it away from you. See, that's what surrender is all about. We sing that song I surrender
0: all.
1: But really and truly, most. I surrender some. I surrender some. Just a little me, my Savior. I surrender some. That's the truth. That's the, way, that's, really, that's the way it is most of the time. And that's why we don't ever feel like we've got the power of God in our life. Because we're unwilling to sacrifice for Christ, even though he sacrificed everything for us. Abide. Without me, you can do nothing, nothing, just like the branch. I mean, listen, I mean, just as you imagine a little kid sees a tomato plant, and he says, oh, it has got flowers on it. And he breaks it off, takes it to his bedroom. I'm going to watch it grow. Guess what? He's going to be disappointed, and flowers fall off in a little bit. Without me, you can do nothing. Amen. Without me, you can do nothing. There is no power flowing through a branch that is that is detached. Can I tell you too, sometimes a branch will get something there in the, in, the, in the little yoke where it connects to the vine. It gets an obstruction in it and that branch begins to dry up. So why ain't that branch doing no good? Something's wrong. Something's blocking it. Sin builds up in a Christian's life to where the power of God cannot flow through that Christian like it ought to. And that's why we dry up. That's why we get so brittle. And we get to verse, five, verse 6 where, 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 where the scary part comes. And again, there's nothing scary because we understand we're not talking about salvation. But the Bible said, if a man abide not in me. So this man, this man, though he got saved. You say, did he get saved? Did he really get saved? That's what a lot of people say. But I don't think he really got saved. Well, I'm going to tell you something. He got saved because Christ said he got saved. In me means in me. It don't mean sorta of in me, in and out of me. It means in me. The man abide not in me. And oh, it's happened many, 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 many times over. A person truly came to Christ and truly believed on his blood, and they believed in his eternal salvation but they did not grow and they did not mature and they have not filled out into what a mature Christian ought to be and they have lost interest in it and their life is a mess and a wreck and they're dry and they're crusty and they're brittle and they're bitter. I wish I had all the time in the world, but I, I'm just going to tell you, I had a neighbor two houses down. I may have told this one too. I can't remember what I told and what I hadn't, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I had a neighbor two houses down from where I lived in West Paris and, and, and listen, those people had gone to church earlier in life and they and, and and evidently they'd served god in at a church over in Paris, but they had gotten out of church they'd been out of church for many many years, and we had a we were running church right across it we were we had rented out a house we were just trying to build and start a church and and it was right across the road from where i lived and we had an uh, East Paris Baptist had give us a old church uh, old school bus we were using it for a church bus, and we'd get together and the whole, uh, whole church get together and we'd go out and we'd go take a community and we'd knock doors and pass out gospel tracts and witness to people <clears throat> and we'd head out down the road and those people be sitting on their porch and we'd drive by and i'd wave out the window at them done that many times well this one particular time i waved at him and a guy sitting behind me he said you see what that lady done i said what he said man she told you you're number one he said, and it wasn't, it wasn't that finger either. So when we got back, I parked the, van, uh, the bus, and I walked down there to their house. How y'all doing? I just noticed them earlier when we left. you kind of made a hand gesture at me. I was just wondering, everything okay? Oh, she laid right into me. How dare you come out here and wave at me like I need to be in church? You don't know what I've done for God. You don't know how we serve God. I used to take my kids to church. Now, don't you be telling me I need I ain't said a word to her. That's called conviction. The old man standing behind the screen door, don't you make me come out there. Like, what are you going to do? You going to fight me? I'm in my 20s. How old are you? I mean, dude, don't do this. That's Bitterness. Listen, that's what happens when you get dry and crusty and you keep on. You'll turn on everything you love because you're uncomfortable, you're unhappy. Say, so how do I fix that, preacher? You listen to Jesus. And you get, to, you get next to him, you start abiding in him. Listen, you want to abide. Trust me, you want to abide. Let me read to you what the Bible says about that. About, listen, listen to it again. If a man abide not in me, He is cast forth. You know, know, any any of y'all raised tomatoes before? Lay some branches down toward the bottom that you need to snap off. Y'all realize that, right? They ain't never going to make no flowers. They ain't never going to put on no fruit. Get rid of them branches. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them, and they're cast into the fire, and they're burned. Now, let me read to you over here what the Bible says in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 17. For other foundation can no man lay than it is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, and then we get over to the wood, hay, and stubble. When you break in branches off and they dry up, you know what they are? Stubble. Good for kindling. About it. Of every man's work shall shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. What did you say during Sunday school? Our God is a consuming fire. The fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, you hear that? If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, I ain't going no further than that. Now, He ain't gonna take you salvation, but everything. But but if you don't serve God, your life ain't gonna amount to anything before Him because Jesus Christ did not. He didn't save you to just live a good life. He saved you to serve Him. He saved you to be a servant. And and by the way, if I'm not mistaken, Brother Grant, what you were what you were teaching right before what you said, or, or I'm sorry, the verse right before that you read. It said, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. How do we serve God acceptably? By bearing fruit for Him and with reverence and godly fear. Why? Because our God is a consuming fire and our works are going to be laid before Him. And if it's nothing but a bunch of dry, brittle stubble, it's going to burn up. And yeah, you say, well, I'll still be saved. But you're standing there embarrassed and ashamed before the Lord Jesus Christ because you wasted what he gave you, what he bought with his own blood. You wasted the opportunity to glorify the Father. You wasted the opportunity to magnify the Son. You wasted it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. But if, look at verse 7. But if, if you abide in me, if you stay, if you continue, if you endure, if you depend, if you rest, if you stand in me, if we abide, we'll have power flowing through our lives. God promised that. We'd have his power. I want his power. I don't know about you, but I want God's power. I don't, listen, what's the use of of going, listen, what, what would be the use of you going, say you need an item for your home. Say you, you, you need an iron to iron your clothes. Okay, and you go to Walmart and you buy the best one they got, bring it home, and you won't plug it in. You can run that thing over them jeans all you want to, but them still, at least they ain't going to do what it's supposed to do. Them wrinkles will still be there. Go down here and buy you a brand new vehicle, but you won't put any gas in it. Amen. Don't, I ain't going to put no water in my radiator. Good. See how far you get. I ain't going to pour no gas in no that chainsaw. It ain't going to cut no trees, is it? Listen, something must expend itself for there to be power. That's another message which I intend to preach here very soon. But I'm here to tell you, you have got to put feet to what you say you believe. You've got to let your scripture live in shoe leather. It can't just be a platitude comes out your mouth. It's got to be something you believe and you walk in daily so that other people see that what you got's real. If we abide, we'll have His power flowing through us, and we need to let God's word abide in us. We need to live by the word of God, and we need to share the word of God. And if we do that, you know what? Then we'll start seeing our prayers answered. Because a child of God who's near to dear to the heart of God, because that child is an obedient. So listen, there ain't nothing better than having a kid that wants to do what you want them to do. Who says? Can I help you? Can I do something to help? I just want to help. Isn't that good? Isn't that good, ladies? When you when you got a granddaughter or a daughter and she comes into the kitchen and says, "What can I do to help in here? Can I wash some dishes?" That's rare, isn't it? I know it's rare. But boy, what a blessing that'd be! And what a blessing that'd be! What a blessing it would be for me to be out mowing on the lawn mower and Jackson actually come outside and say, "Daddy, you want me to weed eat?" Now she laughs because that ain't never gonna happen. Well, what a blessing that would be to me. What a blessing it would be. And you know what? That's the way God looks at us. What a blessing for you to say, Father, I just want to be. I just want to do what you want me to do. I just want to follow your will. I just want to make you happy. I just want to please you. I mean, I think that's what we're supposed to do. When it seems how you provide everything we need. Amen? He's done everything for us. I mean, I, I can't sit here and name anything God had not done for me. Can you? Can you sit there and point your finger at something and say, you know, I'd serve God, but it wasn't for Him doing that? Ain't a single one of us. We got no excuse, do we? Verse 8 Herein is my Father glorified. This is how you glorify God. So I just want to glorify God this morning. Well, then you need to start bearing some fruit. You need to start bearing some fruit. This is how he is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Not just a little fruit. God says much fruit. You say, well, "You know why, why does God say much? Why is God putting so much pressure on me? Much fruit. Why is he putting so much pressure on me? Well, he's not putting pressure on you. He's putting pressure on himself because he can do all things. It ain't you anyway. All you're doing is making yourself available. All you're doing is putting yourself in front of him and saying, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Show me and I'll do it. Lord, I'm, I'm available. You say, well, I just don't have the right ability for that. See, God God's not interested in your ability. God's interested in your availability. God is the ability. He's the one that does it. All you do is put yourself there in his hand and say, Lord, use me. But oh if we do that. Oh if we if we stay there. Just Lord, I just want to stay right here with you. I just want to be used. <clears throat> Can I tell you something? Wednesday night, seeing that boy get saved in that drive through, that done more for me than a whole year at Bible College. Amen. That done more that that done more for me than that meeting I was at. When you start putting fruit on <laughs> You'll get so excited. You say, "Man, this is what I need to be doing all the time." You'll catch it. You'll catch it. You know what? All 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 it takes. You know, we, we sing a song about revival time when I was a kid, back in the seventies. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. Y'all ever heard that? Then soon, all those around can warm up in it's glowing. That's how it is with God's love. Once you've experienced it, you want to sing. It's fresh like spring. You want to pass it on. Y'all ever heard that song before? I wish for you, my friend, this happiness that I found. You can depend on him. It matters not where you